Good morning, my friends. This is Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. And I'm so glad that you are here today. Let's take our Bibles and jump over to the Gospel of Mark. I want to talk about how your preparation, it determines your manifestation. This is really an amazing biblical concept. The level of preparation that you put into something determines the level of manifestation that's going to come out of this. Now, I think this is important because there are seasons in life where you have encounters with the Lord in the sense where God's presence would come. Sometimes for some, not everybody, because I can't promise this, but for some, it could even be a uh, visitation or an encounter where the Lord himself would come and you would even see him. And uh, we can't make that happen, but there are divine encounters. There are moments where you finish the exam and the test grade is put on the uh, paper. And if it's really good, you graduate. There can be commendation. There can be rewards and many things associated with being moved forward by the Lord. I want to talk about it today because many of you need to prepare to meet the Lord in a very special way. Praise God. And again, it's your preparation that's going to determine the degree of manifestation. Now, we're going to begin today in Mark chapter 1. Let's pray for a moment. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. We thank you for this beautiful Christmas season that we are in. I thank you that you are visiting your people. You're preparing your people, also many of them, for a fresh encounter, a, a fresh anointing. And we give you praise for this. So help us to get things in order and make the right preparations. Now, Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God's going to help you. The Holy Spirit will help you get ready. Now, Mark chapter 1, verse 1 the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. So, a lot of times people say, Lord, we want revival. And it's interesting that when the Holy Spirit would endeavor to fulfill that request, that many people, when they uh, have the Lord draw near, they're not ready. And because of that, there is uh, a stopping of what could have been something beautiful or wonderful. So what do we need to do? We need to prepare, prepare the way for the Lord. Amen. Now, we know that the Lord has already come. The Messiah has come and has died on the cross. But in a sense, there is the, what the Greek would call the perusia, the presence of the Lord that comes where you can have encounters with the Lord. And uh, there is marching orders that are given from headquarters. There is clarity with assignments that are given out from the general in chief, the Lord Jesus Christ. Woo, praise God. So we want to make proper preparation. Now, Every act or every move of God does require preparation on our part. I do think that in many ways we are seeing a culture that 
does not want to embrace responsibility. But I know that there are many, however, that do. There are those that still love uh, peer government. There are those that still love what we would call the Ten Commandments in the sense that we have to have law and order or else we descend into chaos and anarchy, and then it's no fun to go uh, go out because you might not be able to come back. Praise God. So we enjoy the good things of God, but anytime there's going to be like a revival or a move of God, there is preparation that's needed. Um, really, uh, if we could use the example of revival, revival can just wreck your schedule from the perspective that there is a grace that's poured out, and there is an energy that God gives that would offset what would be fatigue. But uh, it means that if God starts moving, that so many of the things that are non-essential, they, they pretty much have to get dropped if you want to stay in that flow. And a lot of people, maybe let's just talk for examples. Maybe they're uh, like Monday night. There's the football game. They're gonna they're gonna watch that football game no matter what. That's their thing, and that's what they do. Well, God will challenge that. He might decide that He wants to move in your life. Guess when? On Monday night. <laughs> well, why in the world would He do that? because he wants you to worship only him as God, and he'll challenge you in these areas. And, you know, we're commanded in Scripture, have no other gods before me. And I'm not saying sports would be a god, but I am saying that revival, God has a way of skipping over all of the things sometimes that we think are important, and he'll come to that one little thing that really would be the challenge area. That's often where the revival would begin at. So we have to do what? We have to make preparation for that, for those types of things. So this is interesting about God. While he is omnipotent and in a sense can do what he wants, yet he does not force his way into our life or just come in anyhow when we don't want that, or even if we're not prepared for that because it's not going to go anywhere. And God knows that. And God's a, uh, you know, sometimes people call the Holy Spirit like a gentleman. And there is an element of that. But at the same time, he can be very, very powerful, and he's going to have his way. But to a certain degree, he also won't. Because God's way is that he would like everybody to get saved right now. But there are people all over the world that just don't want to do that. And they're, even if they know about the knowledge of the gospel, maybe they're, um, they're just not ready to make that commitment. And so because of that, God doesn't say, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to force you to do it anyhow, because I, I love you so much, I'm going to force you to do it. No, we have to welcome God into our hearts. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And that, that requires preparation. And he will come at different levels into your life based upon your level of preparation to meet him. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. You know, if you're going to have a major final exam that's coming up, say like three weeks, what do you do? You prepare for it. You try to find out what questions are going to be on the test and you study. And if it's an essay, you're, you're wanting to put enough in so that you can write enough out when the time comes. And so these same principles apply also uh, to the area in God's Word that we would know as personal prophecy. And it is 
fantastic to get a really good word from the Lord, maybe through a trusted prophet or prophetess, and you jump up and you, you rejoice, and all of those things are good. But even that, we have to make preparation for the prophetic word to be fulfilled. Now, let's go over to the book of Isaiah for a moment. Isaiah chapter 62, and we're dropping down to verse 10. Mm-mm. Go through, go through the gates, prepare the way for the people, build up, build up the highway. That's, that's more preparation. Take out the stones, lift up a banner for the peoples. Indeed, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the world, say to the daughter of Zion, surely your salvation is coming. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. Now the word work can also be translated as the word compensation. And some uh, translations actually use that word. So when the Lord comes, he can bring with him reward and compensation. Well, I like that, Pastor Stephen. What should I do? You should prepare the way. You should get ready because if the Lord's coming with reward and compensation, oh, that means it's payback time. That means it's blessing time and you need to be ready to receive the visitation from the Lord. You know, over my years in ministry, I can I can recall various times when I would get unusual words from the Lord, and uh, and I would give these words to various individuals, such as, the Lord's going to visit you in the next two weeks. Oh, he is, Pastor Stephen? Well, yes, that's what I just got from the Lord. So you need to be ready. What does that mean? You need to prepare. And it is also astonishing of those that I would share something like that with, and later there would be some kind of uh, sad testimony, like attached to it. I remember uh, one brother, he was a deacon in my church. And I said, brother, I said, um, I said, the Lord shows me that he's going to visit you over the next two weeks. Now, when I, when I say visit, that doesn't mean that somebody's going to go into a wide open vision and see Jesus walk into the room and start having a conversation with them. Now that could happen. That would be the highest level of like a visionary type experience. But, um, but either way, it does mean get ready. He's coming. So it could be that, uh, the Lord comes in a sense with his glory and presence and out of that glory, uh, shares things with you that are just as real in a sense as like seeing him praise God. So, and the, the Lord is the one that, uh, he holds all of those cards in his hands of how he's going to do that. Whether it's like speak out of the glory or allow you to see him. I, I can't control any of that. That's all to the Lord. But trust me, if he wants to come for a visit, it sure is good to get ready. But this one brother, I told him sometime within the next two weeks, the Lord's going to visit you. So that's a window. This is not like a two-year window where you maybe can't, you can't hold it all together for that long. Maybe you cannot pray that intensely for that long, but for two weeks, you should kind of be on your toes spiritually with an expectant heart. But he told me later, and it was about three weeks later, he said, oh, Pastor Stephen, he said, um, after you gave me that word, it was, it was like a week after that, I came home from work 
and got home a little after, you know, like right around 5.30 in the evening, and I grabbed all the mail on the way into my home, and he had a very beautiful home, wonderful job. And he said in the mail that day was a watch magazine. Now, I know some ladies like watches. That's cool. But I think maybe because of the mechanical nature of it, you know, there are mechanical watches. I think maybe sometimes that's more of a pull for guys. Well, it was for him. And uh, he got that watch magazine and, you know, it was encased in plastic. It had never been opened. And uh, and his mail. But when he saw that watch magazine, he was like, oh, I'm going to go inside and uh, get a drink and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to read this. This is like my relaxation after work. And when he went inside the house with the mail and sat in the couch to begin reading, uh, the, you know, opening up the magazine, suddenly the presence of God, he said, came into his place so strong, like an undeniable presence that God had just walked in the room. And now, now, if you've never had that happen, uh, don't worry about missing it because trust me, when it happens, uh, there's no like wondering, is this it? You'll know this is it. It's just as real as if a, a person physically walks in and says, hey, I'm here. The, the power of God through his glory and manifested presence is so strong, there's no missing it. So that presence came into the room and uh, he knew God wants to talk with me. And you know what he did? He, he actually, because he confessed this to me, not, not in tears, but with great remorse. He said out loud, because he knew the Lord was standing there in that manifested presence, that glory. He said, Lord, he said, I know you're here because you want to talk. Um, Lord, I just got this magazine and let me just read it for a few minutes. Let me just look at a few things and then we can talk. And he opened up that magazine and started, can you believe it? Started reading the magazine, kind of got engulfed in it and flipped, kept flipping through the pages, flipping through the pages. By the time he was done, he, he closed it, sat it down and said, now, Lord, I'm ready to talk. And he said that incredible presence was totally gone. I mean, it's just like, uh, now this is where some people don't get it. They'll say, well, Pastor Stephen, God's presence is always with us. I, look, I get that. I understand that, that Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the manifested presence where the glory has manifested and God has come to visit you. It's totally different. It's totally different. And that presence had completely left. And he knew he missed it. He knew you missed it. You know, when something like that happens, you can't say, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, please forgive me. Now come back and let's talk. He's left. Not, not uh, He hasn't left you. Now you're not saved or anything like that. No. But that, that encounter moment, you missed it. Uh, he missed it. And I said, well, I said, all you can do is repent, tell him you're sorry, and tell him that you'd love to catch him the next time when he comes around, I am, look, uh, I'm convinced that the Lord wanted to talk with him about coming into ministry. He had so much of the word in him. He listened to, uh, this was like 20 years ago. He listened to Kenneth Copeland tapes nonstop. And then he would listen to Kenneth Hagen tapes nonstop. He was so full of the word, but his weakness was in the prayer area. His weakness was in the area of 
getting closer to God personally. So, um, because I was his pastor, I really sensed that the Lord was going to talk with him about ministry. So, you miss something like that, you have to catch the next go around. When will that be? I don't know. You can't force God. You can't make it happen. Maybe three days later, maybe three months later, maybe maybe a year later. But the thing is, is you're going to get it. Why? Listen, you're going to be prepared. Mm, mm, mm. Glory. There, there is something about the Lord also. Now, this is an aspect that's not often talked about, but there is a, an element where you can work with the Lord, where you can set your own time for the encounter. Now, you need to really kind of work with the Holy Spirit on that, and uh, you need to give time for preparation for that. But yes, um, there is a place also. That's a different subject. I don't want to veer off into that today. But I do want to talk more about how your preparation determines your manifestation. And the more level, the higher level of preparation that you put into it, the greater the level of that manifestation is going to be. Mm-mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So Jesus is coming. God brings him uh, with him reward and comp- compensation, but he does not come, we see here, until there has been previous preparation mentioned as in verse 10. Prepare the way for the people. Build up. Build up the highway. Take out the stones. Get things ready. Woo, glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, this is also something that we have to do over the longer haul in the process of fulfilling personal prophecy. Now, God's going to do his part, but we can work with God in the area where prophecy sometimes can be fulfilled in stages until we get to the complete fulfillment of the vision. We know from the book of Habakkuk that the vision will speak when? At the end. So at the end, it's going to be really glorious. At the end, it's going to be one of those things where people say, wow, this is amazing. What an overnight success you are. Of course, you will realize the overnight success took maybe eight years or maybe three years in preparation. And, you know, you'll give the glory to God for all of that. But the truth is, is that you can work with God in the phases to see step-by-step progress made. You know, years back, when my wife and I were attending our pastor's church, this was before we were in ministry full-time or anything like that, but we were getting ready for ministry, and we were getting around prophets all the time. Our, our pastor was a world-renowned Prophet. As a matter of fact, I think he still co-holds the world record, the Guinness World Record, for having spoken to the largest crowd ever recorded in human history. And he was one of the men, one of the one of the speakers that spoke to a crowd uh, in the Philippines that was measured conservatively at at least of being at least five million people gathered together in one place at one time. You know, sometimes we see the large crowds in Africa. You know, we think back to the days of Reinhard Bonnke speaking to a million and uh, uh, more people in one crowd, and that's an awesome crowd. But uh, five million gathered together at one time, and so uh, he uh, he's a great prophet and uh, really mentored my wife and I, in the things of the prophetic. But he would also bring other prophets in, seasoned, mature prophets, sometimes like Dr. Bill Hammond and others. And one time, he brought a, a group of prophets in. It was about 
Uh, I think it was like either six, seven, or eight of them. And uh, one of them preached a good message. And then this uh, senior prophet said, now me and the other prophets, we're going to kind of spread out in the church. And, you know, it was a good-sized church, maybe, uh, you know, uh, what am I thinking? That night, maybe like a thousand people, 800, a thousand people were there that night. And he said, we're going to spread out. We're just going to go into the various corners of this sanctuary. And if you've never had a prophetic word, or if you would like a personal prophecy, just kind of get in line and we'll minister over you. Uh, we'll prophesy over you. If it takes till, you know, 10 or 12 at night, you know, we'll just keep standing here and we'll keep prophesying. So it was really nice that, yeah, about eight of them, one went this way, one went that way, you know, kind of the different areas of the sanctuary. And, and these seasoned uh, prophets would just stand there and people would come up from the from the church, from the assembly, and they would go over and uh, maybe get a word from prophet so-and-so. Uh, it, it was pretty cool. Now, our uh, my stepkids, uh, Kelly's children, Matthew and Jennifer, they're full grown now, married and involved in ministry today. But they were there that night, and they were um, they were eight and nine years old at that time. But I remember Matthew particularly. He got in line over here, and he got a prophecy, a, a really good word from a great prophet. And he thought that that was great, and it was. And then he went over here and got a word from that prophet. And then he went over there and got a word from that prophet. Just so he went to every single minister <laughs> that was prophesying that night. And so, um, and you know, many of those prophecies have come to pass. Others are still being worked out. And uh, he is uh, he is a real uh, arrow in the hands of the Lord's bow and, uh, and quiver. Praise God. But. You know, it's interesting because when we get a prophecy, uh, many times in the church, people are excited. They jump and shout. You know, maybe it was mixed with words of knowledge that even greater, more greatly built your faith when the word was released. But the truth is, is that when we receive these type of uh, phenomenal words, then we have to make preparation for them. Prophecies must be prepared for if we are to see them fulfilled in our lives. When God declares a word over your life, then, you know, I've noticed that those who are wise, they get busy with the preparation aspect of that. Praise the Lord. So stay mindful that your degree of preparation is going to determine your degree of manifestation concerning a prophetic word or concerning a supernatural encounter with the Lord. Woo, praise God, or in whatever way that God wants to visit you. But keep moving forward. Praise God. Look at this with the Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's drop down to just one verse, verse 5. Praise the Lord. Paul said, Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time. Now, I think you're the same way. I like being ahead of the curve. I don't ever like to be in a place where there's a rush. Now, sometimes it might end up being like that because of factors that are beyond our control, and we keep moving forward, hoping to still get there on time. 
But I no, a normal everyday operation, I like being there ahead of time. I don't like rushing to the uh, to the plane just before it takes off and be the last one on and know where to put the luggage. No, I like being there early, maybe get myself a drink, uh, you know, get myself a snack and get ready. Praise God. So this is the way that Paul operates. He said, therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. In other words, if we get ahead of this and we prepare, even before Paul ever shows up, they're already working on pulling this special offering together. Well, by the time he gets there, they've already got the whole thing ready. And it's not like Paul shows up and nobody's done anything yet because there was no preparation. And now people are going to give, but maybe they feel pressured. No, 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 no. Let's do this the right way. He's saying ahead of time, before I ever get there, prepare beforehand. Notice the the words that he's using. This is the way to prepare. By the way, that's what we did uh, earlier this year. As many of you were a part of it with the Feast of Tabernacles 2023, it was about five weeks before when the Lord spoke to my heart to raise the offering to pay off the remaining balance on the land, the field of dreams, the 14.5 acres. And so uh, I heard that from the Lord and I began to prepare, and I began to share with many of you, and so many of you responded that on the day of the Feast of Tabernacles, on that Sunday, the monies came in. Now, it was coming in a little bit before that because some of you already had it ready, but some of you needed a little more time. The bottom line was that by the time the Feast of Tabernacles was concluded, all of the money came in. And uh, we paid the whole thing off. Woo, praise the Lord. Amen. You know, it was interesting because when my wife and I went to pay off the land, uh, I contacted the owner and uh, just said, hey, we're going to be paying you off early and uh, just want wanted you to know that. And uh, then there was total silence. And I was like, what in the world? What, what happened? Uh, because there were two brothers that owned the property that sold it to us. And uh, we had financed it. But I said, I'll be paying you off. And they kind of like just like went off the radar. And I, it's like I had to like track them down as we're trying to work with the, the, uh, uh, the attorneys to file the papers and get them all paid off. And I got a hold of their, uh, their realtor. And the realtor said, oh, he said, Pastor Stephen, they're just kind of like, kind of going like low profile because they don't want you to pay them off early because they are enjoying the interest that's being paid monthly. (laughs) I said, okay, okay. Uh, But you know what? Because uh, everything was done by the book and uh, the amount was there paid and the attorneys signed off on everything. Yep. They popped back up and resurfaced and signed everything off and everything's good. Praise the Lord, as I knew it would be. But, uh, you know, sometimes you got to use your faith and stay in there when stuff like that pops up. Doesn't mean that God's not in it. It just means that you have to, uh, you know, plan and prepare beforehand. And then if there's any little hitches or things like that, then just stay in faith and pray. And sure enough, all of that was worked out and everybody's happy. And I'm sure they're happy because they got their money. Woo, praise the Lord. And we're happy because... The field of dreams is now 
paid for. But, you know, there was preparation for that. I just didn't like the day before say, hey, let's uh, give an offering for the Field of Dreams. No, there was about five weeks of preparation, and I was letting everybody know what it's going to go towards, what it's going to be applied on, and we did. Every penny went towards that, and it was paid off. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So, let me say this also. I want you to prepare, to prepare to accomplish the next phase. Maybe not the whole enchilada. That's okay. But I want you to prepare to accomplish the next phase of the great exploit that God is going to work out in your life. Get, get ready. This is really good. Daniel chapter 11 Verse 32, those who do wickedly, and we have quite a few people in the earth doing that today, those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery, but the people who know their God, that's, that's you, but the people who know their God, despite all the crazy things in the world, because remember, the covenant is superior to all of the uh bad climates within the world. And I'm not talking about ecology. I'm talking about negative circumstances. Uh, but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Woo, praise God. Wow. You're going to carry out great exploits. And the way that you do that is that you begin with preparation with each phase that you work through until the whole thing is accomplished. Praise God. So there's preparation involved in exploits. By the way, you might be wondering, what is a great exploit? A great exploit is something that you accomplish that those within the the field of your vocation, uh, those within your sphere of influence, maybe even cynical family members, maybe those that have told you it can never be done, maybe those that even mock your walk with God, a great exploit is something that when it's done, they even say, wow, wow, how'd you do that? Or they say, well, you actually did it. I don't know what to say. You actually did it, didn't you? Now, until there are responses like that, it's not a great exploit. It could be something that is good. It could be something that's better than normal, but until it produces almost like a shocked reaction, until it makes people stop for a moment and do like a double look, like you, you, you really did it. Well, I, I thought maybe you were joking. I, we didn't even know you were serious. But, but see, there it is. Now, that's going to happen with you. You're going to pull off with the power of God in your life and good preparation. You're going to pull off not just a singular exploit. You're going to do great exploits. Mm-mm. And it will give glory to the Lord. And it will really speak to people about needing to get their life right with God mm-hmm. and also wanting to tie into the level of blessing that you're operating in. They're going to want to know the God that you serve. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So this is why you need proper preparation because again, with exploits, 
great visions being fulfilled, they speak at the end, but they are accomplished in phases. So you prepare for the next phase, prepare, prepare, prepare. It's like uh, the prophet Amos, God thundering through the prophet Amos, Israel, prepare to meet your God. Woo. I have an appointment with God. Yep. Not just on the day that you die either. Mm -mm. Prepare to meet your God. Wow. Well, Pastor Stephen, I guess if God was showing up tomorrow, maybe I should, maybe you should prepare. Mm -hmm. I mean, if God were to walk in your living room, like he did the one brother that I talked about, by the way, I've had Jesus walk in my living room, walk in my bedroom and talk to me. Uh, uh, I guess if there were something in the living room that shouldn't be there that you wouldn't want him to see, maybe, maybe you should get it out. Hmm. Praise the Lord. That's between you and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that prepares for revival. The Holy Spirit is really the one that is the ultimate preparer working with you to make ready for visitation. Praise God. Should Jesus have to fight and stumble and claw his way through a bunch of junk? Uh, Move the stones out of the way. Make the path smooth. Don't make it hard for the Lord. Make it easy for the Lord to come in and have fellowship with you. Praise the Lord. Because some of these things, if I could be uh, a sharer of a secret with you, some of these things, once you pick up on them, it is quite a bit like riding a bicycle. And that's what I learned from an old prophet one time, that if you break into it, it's like riding the bicycle. You could do it again. There's a replication. You begin to understand how God works. That's why Abraham was a friend of God. Not just because they, he and God both like hunting. Oh, we're hunting and fishing buddies. And that's why we're friends. No, no. Abraham began to understand how God works. He is a faith God and you can't please him without faith. And if you begin to know that's what he expects of you, you make preparations for that what happens? Uh, you can become friends with him. And then this is just not a one-time, uh, like rare sovereign event, but we can't expect something glorious as, it, as this to ever happen again. No. And I'm not saying it's going to happen every day or every week, but I'm saying you can pick up on it. And you can also pick up in the spirit realm when you are approaching the next season of your life. Hey, if you're reading a book, you can tell. I think I, I think this chapter is about the end, and I'm ready for a new chapter. You can pick up the same thing in the Spirit by the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is to you and I who Jesus was to the 12 uh, apostles. And the Holy Spirit is the one that can just get you ready, unlike any other person. He can get you ready for what's coming Praise God. And there's preparation involved in that. So work with him. Work with him. Praise the Lord. Now, one more. Proverbs chapter 9. Proverbs 9. Well, let's go to verse 1. Wisdom has built her house. Well, we are seeing wisdom personified or pictured as a person. And this would be a woman who has built a beautiful home. And with this home, we are seeing 
shades of hospitality. She has not only built this phenomenal home, but she's she's ready to host. She's ready for people to come over and to learn wisdom. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn or carved out her seven pillars. Those pillars can be studied in the book of James as James goes into great detail on the subject of wisdom. She has hewn out her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her meat. What are we looking at here? We're we're looking how wisdom incorporates preparation because if you're going to host somebody and they're coming over, we've got to get the meat ready early. Why? Because back in those days, they couldn't open up the refrigerator and say, oh, there's the frozen filet mignons. Oh, maybe the guests will like some hot dogs. Let's pull the hot dogs out. And also, maybe some guests will like uh, fish. Let's pull the fish out too. No, no, they didn't have any of that. So if somebody's coming hours and hours ahead of time, you've got to go out on the ranch go out to the stall. Oh, there's the fatted calf. You have to go through all of that preparation because guess what? You're the butcher. Uh, It's not all uh, packaged and cut up and then wrapped in saran wrap and put into the freezer or the fridge for you. You've got to do all of that yourself. And so it says she has slaughtered her meat. The good thing is it's all organic grass-fed, no uh, hormones or weird stuff in it like so many uh, places are putting in it today. She has slaughtered her her nice, fresh, organic meat. Praise God. Wouldn't you like to eat at the house of wisdom? You know you're going to have a good meal. She has slaughtered her meat. She has mixed her wine. Well, when you look into the study of wine and fermentation, In the Old Testament, the days of Jesus, and even further back, to the Jewish mind, it was very distasteful to uh, try to drink undiluted wine. So what they would do is they would dilute it, usually at a ratio of three parts uh, water to wine. So the majority is water. Why? You need to water it down because, again, with the Jewish culture, only uh, only the barbarians only the pagans drunk it like raw. Now, if, if you go to the grocery store today and you see modern-day wine, that is undiluted wine. Two glasses and you're totally legally drunk. You can't even drive a car without probably killing somebody. But the Jewish people would water it down. And uh, again, they didn't have glass bottles back then. They didn't have preservatives, uh, all of those things like we have today, uh, you know, plastic containers and things like that. But even still, even if they had that, they're still going to dilute it. So she has mixed her wine. So the mixing would be the diluting of the wine so you can drink it and not be a drunkard. And also, many times the mixing would include some spices that would help it to have a richer and more robust taste. Praise God. She has mixed her wine. Uh, all of that takes time before the people show up. You've got to get all of that ready. She, she has also furnished her table. What are we looking at here, Pastor Stephen? Well, we're looking at the Christmas dinner. Praise God. Amen. If I were to come over and have Christmas with you, I hope it wouldn't be a TV dinner. Oh, Pastor Stephen, you're a simple man. Uh, That's all probably Pastor Kelly serves you as TV dinners. No, no, no. She'll cook me whatever I want. 
Uh, but the the catch is, is that if you're having a nice meal, such as the Christmas meal, amen, it takes time to pull that together. Well, uh, Pastor Stephen, we just should operate in the spirit and be on like fly by the seat of our pants. No, that that's going to eventually catch up with you. We have to get into the discipline of preparing. And if you want to have a really nice Christmas meal, you don't wait till that day because the stores the day before are going to be packed out and probably some of the main items that are used in uh, ingredients for Christmas, they're going to be all gone. Somebody else has already bought them. So you need to get there early, like right now, and go buy what you want. Well, Pastor, Pastor Stephen, I'm single. It's just me. Well, why don't you and Jesus have a nice meal? But that means you've got to do the cooking. Mm-mm. You've got to do the preparing. Praise God. So go out and get everything that you need. Uh, uh, you know, the slaughtered meat. Praise God. Maybe you want some beef kebabs or maybe you want a filet mignon steak and get yourself something uh, nice to drink. I like the sparkling apple juice. That's what we break out always on the holidays. The uh, what's it called? Martinelli's sparkling apple juice. Boy, I like that stuff. And then you furnish your table, make it look nice. You want some fixings, amen. You want the mashed potatoes with gravy. Uh, and you want the green beans. And you you want all the good stuff. And, and don't forget the rolls, hot rolls with butter. Pastor Stephen, what does this mean? It means preparation. Praise God. Get ready. Get ready for God to move in your finances. Hallelujah. Uh, if, if somebody were to walk up to you, now, now this, this is going to challenge some of you. If somebody were to walk up to you and say, hey, God has put it up on my heart to pay off all of your personal debts. How much do I need to make the checkout for? Some of you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know what to tell them. Well, you know, I'm glad you God's moved up on your heart to do that. Uh, but let me get back to you on that. I, I don't really know how much debt I have. You don't know how much debt you have. You, you haven't added up your credit card debt. Maybe you have a vehicle that's still not paid off. Maybe you have a home that's not paid off. And you, you wouldn't know what to tell the person. What is that? Lack of preparation. You need to know exactly. If you, if you want a debt, I, I have people all the time, Pastor Stephen, agree with me for my debts to be paid off. Okay, how much debt do you have? Well, now, Pastor Stephen, that's a good question. I've never stopped to really figure that out. Okay, do, do your legwork. Uh, do your calculator work. It, it's not that hard. Just grab all your debts, add them all up, and uh, there you go. And then you could tell somebody, remember, your level of preparation determines what? Your level of manifestation. Well, I don't, I don't really believe somebody would ever do that, Pastor Stephen. Okay, well, there's probably not going to be a very high level of manifestation. Maybe, maybe they'll pay your water bill for you. Maybe God, maybe God will send somebody to you to pay the water bill. Uh, and they could, they could wipe out every debt, but you have not prepared for that. You don't even know what it is. Am I, am I, am I like prodding you? I'm trying, I'm trying to stir you. I'm trying to stir you to prepare in certain areas because God's going to move in your life. I believe that God can visit you over the Christmas 
holiday season. You know, Dr. Lake had a, vi- had a visitation from uh, an angel. The angel even called himself the Christmas angel Mm-mm. and shared some things with him that were very, very sacred, very holy. Praise God. Mm-mm. Glory to God. But either way, you know, you might have the Holy Spirit stirring your heart that maybe the uh, sometime in January is your month of visitation or whatever it might be. Maybe your birthday. I, I know a minister friend of mine that every time, every year when he has his birthday, Jesus visits him. And he's not just like being kind of like real lazy-daisical about that. No, it's a real supernatural encounter where the Lord comes to him. Now he sets aside it, he sets time aside, hours for uh, the wait on the Lord, so that the Lord could uh, have time and have room to work with him. But the Lord always comes on his birthday. But so you could you could have your own thing going on with God. But I'll guarantee you one thing, if you knew that God was going to come on your birthday, you would certainly try to prepare for that, wouldn't you? So you could have a time of visitation. And I believe for many of you, it's like the pages are about to turn to a new chapter, a new season. And I'm not just saying that because the year's almost over and we're going into a new year, but it is a good time. It is a good time to take inventory, to consider pruning things out that uh, are not productive and allow the Lord to come in and share with you what he would like to do. Praise God. Praise God. Now, do your preparation. Prepare for prophecies to be fulfilled. Glory. Prepare for dreams to be realized. Prepare for great exploits to be accomplished. And as usual, those are done in phases, but prepare to get the next one knocked out. Know what it entails. Maybe you need to know what it costs. Maybe you need to prepare for how you're going to set it up. Or maybe you're hosting. You're hosting something for the glory of the Lord. What should you do? Well, wisdom slaughters the meat ahead of time. Wisdom mixes the wine ahead of time. Wisdom has already furnished a table long before anybody ever shows up. And when you get into this, you'll find out that this level of preparation not only will coincide with your level of manifestation, but everything goes so much smoother. Why? You're you're there ahead, just like Paul said. Before I ever come... Uh, start laying up ahead of time. And then when the time actually comes, what happens? Wow, that was easy. Wow, God did a miracle. He did. Yes, we give him all the glory. He did. But we also worked with his principles, didn't we? Mm -mm. Praise God. Father, I pray for those that are watching and listening today. Those that are taking this to heart. I thank you, Father God, that things are going to go well with them. I know they are because they're going to prepare. Father, they don't need to prepare for a million things, but those things that are destined to come to pass in this season of their life, I thank you that they will give ample attention to it, and it's going to turn out really, really good, even better than what they expected. Father, bless them. Let your Holy Spirit work with them in this area of getting ready. Now, we thank you. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Woo, praise God. Now, if you're watching today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, then you need to today 
prepare to get ready for heaven. And the way that you do that is that you, you receive Christ because he is the only mediator between God and man. There's no other person. There's no other entity. There is no other God doesn't exist. Jesus is the only one. Praise God. So when you make peace with God, then you are now prepared for heaven. If you haven't done that, let's do it right now. Now, let me also say, if you used to serve the Lord Jesus, but you've fallen away, you need to come back right now so that you can be restored and Jesus will wash it all away, all of your sins, and you can get back in right relationship with God right now. So let's all pray together. Just say, Lord Jesus, it's wisdom to prepare. And I'm not prepared for eternity, but I want to be. So Jesus, I repent of my sins. I regret all of the wrong things that I did. Please forgive me. Wash my sin away. And Jesus, I give you my life. Save me right now. Wash me clean with your precious blood and write my name in your book of life. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that you have heard this prayer. And I thank you that I believe you have saved me. I give you praise. I give you praise. In your name I pray. Amen. Oh, there is nothing better than to be prepared to meet God. Nothing better than that. To be able to stand before God with a clean conscience. Woo! Nothing better than that. Now, there is the ultimate day of judgment, which we all will stand before the Lord. And the sinners will stand before God with the white throne judgment. That's a judgment that's uh, it's already been predetermined because of their sin. But for us, it'll be a time where the Lord comes with reward. He comes with compensation. That's what we're looking for. Praise God. Where the Holy Spirit is really, he's really moving right now. Let's take Holy Communion. And he's helping many of you to get ready for what's coming in the next phase of blessing, the next phase of your life. I want you to grab some unleavened bread, grab some grape juice. Let's pray over it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. Through this prayer, we set it apart as being holy. And we thank you that this is the body and the blood of Jesus. Now, Father, as we receive the Lord's body, help us to focus in those areas where we must make preparation. And we thank you. We're going to have good results. We thank you that you're going to honor our preparation, and it's going to turn out to be a, a beautiful manifestation of your glory. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the Lord's body. Praise God. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the hedge of protection all around us that it places, protecting us against the enemy where he cannot steal, kill, or destroy. We thank you, Father, that we are covered with the blood of Jesus, that as we receive the blood, we thank you for the blood of Jesus all over our mind, affecting our thought life, 
cleansing. Oh God, we give you praise. We give you praise. Neutralizing bad dreams, negative memories, neutralizing all of that through the precious blood. We give you all of the praise, Father. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive. And you're seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above all of the works of darkness. Let's receive. Well, praise God. Praise God. You know what I'm busy preparing, doing right now? I'm getting my messages ready to preach for the brand new season of Pure Gold TV. A half year of programming. Now, as I've shared earlier, it costs $26,000 to do that. Right now, with our matching donor also having put in their committed part, right now we're sitting at $20,000. We need $6,000 more. Woo, glory, glory. So I can go back into the studio and record a half year of programs that will go out to a potential viewing audience of over 3 billion people. My pledge to you, every program that I record will have an altar call, a salvation opportunity for whoever is watching, in case they don't know the Lord, to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. These messages will go to the most densely populated region of the world on the number one English-speaking satellite in all of Asia. Millions upon millions, billions of people will have the opportunity to watch these programs. As also, we're streaming and preaching. Uh, it's not only on television in Israel, they're also streaming it on the internet. And Pure Gold will be broadcasting out of Bethlehem, Israel, three times a week. I tell you what, it's exciting what God is doing. Well, Pastor Stephen, there's no need to prepare until you have the money. No! Oh, glory! God's going to get it done. God's working through his people. He's working through you. We're going to see this money come in. I have no doubt about that. And because of that, I'm preparing. I've got my notes out. I've got my Bibles ready. Hallelujah. Getting ready to go because I plan on getting this done. Uh, preferably in the month of January. Praise God. I want these new programs recorded. Amen. Now, if you have not yet sowed into this project, I invite you to do so. The giving link is now up on the screen. If you want to mail it in, by the way, you can send a, a check, uh, you know, money order, however you want to do it, cashier's check. Just send it to our ministry office, Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717. Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. Let's push it over the top. We're sitting at 20. We've got to get to 26. We need 20, excuse me, we need $6,000 more. We've already got 20. We need $6,000 more, and I'm booking the studio. They have designed, we've, we've worked with them. We have designed our own custom set. So I, but I've got to book the team. It's a phenomenal team that will come in, and it's going to be great. So if you want to uh, give online, go to the website, stephenbrooks.org. Look at top at the top where it says give online. Click that. It says ties and offerings. Click that. It takes you to the giving page. A drop-down menu. It'll say fund, F-U-N-D. Click that, and there it is, Pure Gold TV. And sow your best seed. Praise God. Praise the Lord. And watch what God will do 
through these God-ordained giving opportunities. Woo! Praise the Lord. Let me pray over you as you're sowing your seed. Father, I thank you that as your people are sowing their seeds, I thank you that you're meeting their needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I thank you because they give with a liberal hand. Their hand will never be dry. They'll never be in a place where they are like broken down financially, like a vehicle can break down. I thank you that their financial vehicle will never break down. I thank you that they will never, ever have dry finances ever again, but there will be abundance. There will be moisture. And I thank you that you're taking them to the next level and they will see experience abundant harvest coming in from all types of directions. Now, father, we give you the praise, bless their seed, bless their offering. I thank you for your precious people. And I thank you, father, that you're doing it again. And that because of your faithfulness, this need will be met abundantly. We give you praise in Jesus name. Amen. My friends, thank you for standing with me. Many of you are my online church members. Many of you are ministry partners. And I, I am just so thankful that you are such a willing vessel that God can pour through you. Praise God. And because of that, you're standing with me on the front lines of global evangelism. Literally. Amen. You can go to my website. You can see all of the networks and channels that we're on and the stats are there. These are validated stats. These are potential homes and viewers that are underneath this satellite footprint and people are watching all over the world. Thank you for being a part of it. I'm so glad that you're my partner. So glad that you're my online church member and that together we are pulling the big nets. Woo! Glory, glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, bless your people with a time of preparation. Speak to them by your spirit. I thank you that there are some, there are some that are listening to me right now. There are at least 10 that are very close to an encounter, a life-defining moment, a breakthrough moment where their life will never be the same again. I thank you, Father God. There'll be a shift. There will be a major shift. We thank you, Father God, that when your word comes forth, it breaks, it even shatters rocks. Yeah, nothing can withstand it. And we thank you that there's an encounter coming. Now, some of you caught a quickening of, of, uh, of that. So let the Holy Spirit help you now get ready. Glory. Now, there's another group also of 17, of 17, and you're also destined for a, a moment with the Lord. It, 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 it's not as heavy as those that would be in the 10, but it is something that, um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a journey and you'll, you're be, you're going to be ready for it. Woo. You'll be ready for it and you'll know, yep, this is it. We've been stayed. We've been holding steady hands on the plow. This is my moment. That's, that's you in the 17. Praise the Lord. So father bless them as well. I thank you that your Holy spirit will work with them. Mm -mm. Father, we give you praise. Let me just wait on the Lord just for a moment. 
Lord, we thank you. Let's pray in the Spirit. There's, there's one woman, and it could be it could be just a couple of more, at the max, three, at the max, three. But there's one, your preparation is, you better get your hair done because you're going to meet, you're going to meet that guy. You're single, uh, you're devoted to the Lord, you've been asking God for a, a godly spouse, and you're going to meet that person soon, and you need to have your hair done, your nails done, and, and now you've, you're feeling hot. You're, you're also kind of, I'm qualifying you too, because you're single and you've been calling out to God in faith for a spirit-filled husband. You've got your life in order and you're ready. You're ready. Well, you're, you're, you're about to meet the other person on the other side who's been getting himself ready. He's going to be ready. And uh, I'm, so I'm speaking to a woman. At the most, it could be three women, but it, it's not very many at all. Yeah, your preparation is like, yeah, you better get your hair done, better have your nails done, better have the mouthwash close by. You sure, you don't that's not the day you want to eat garlic. <laughs> Even if you and him both like garlic, that's not the day that you want to have the garlic breath. Praise God. Amen. Be at your best. Amen. Cause when the Lord comes, he comes with rewards. And he comes with blessings, amen. So somebody, you're about to meet that person. Now, that doesn't mean that, remember, wisdom. That doesn't mean when you meet that person, you say, oh, you're the one. We're supposed to get married. No, no, enjoy the process. Enjoy the sweet fellowship. Enjoy the friendship. Enjoy the enjoy it. But in your heart, you're probably thinking, yeah, I think I know where this is going. Yeah, praise God. But remember, the more you prepare, um, you know, the better along we, we can move with this with as far as manifestation going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Praise God. You don't have a second opportunity to make a first impression. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Doesn't seem fair sometimes, but it's okay. That God, the Holy Spirit will get you ready. Father, bless your people. Help them. I thank you that your spirit is with them all the time. Everything's going to be just fine. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back real soon. And again, closing thought. Some of you, like the woman in the book of Proverbs chapter 9, who prepared her meal. Some of you prepare your Christmas meal, and it'll be a different Christmas. Prepare for it. And some of you might even have unbelievers, uh, unbelieving family members eating at the Christmas meal. Pray over the food before they ever eat it. Maybe even put some anointing oil on it. Whoever eats this food in the name of Jesus is going to get saved. I bless this food. (laughs) It's going to be a strange, uh, and I say that in a holy way and in a good way, a strange Christmas. Many good things happening. All right. See you back again real soon. Bye-bye.